Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 104. Well, it's February. The transfer window just closed a few days ago. We just finished the Taça da Liga League Cup competition. And now, of course, we begin to think about new things. First off, uh, we've got Week 21 this weekend, some really good matches. Then next week, it's all the build-up toward the big FC Porto Sporting next Friday. And, uh, of course, that's being played on a Friday because the following midweek, uh, Sporting will be playing City in their first leg. You've got Porto playing and Braga, both of them, next uh, the following midweek on Thursday, playing in the Europa so uh, we got European action uh, coming back uh, right away. But before I get going with previewing the next seven or eight days, uh, two quick things that I wanted to say. Uh, first off, really, you know, you as you heard the um, the relato of the Gil Vicente goal here at the beginning of this uh, episode, really got to give a positive shout out to Gil Vicente, uh, all from the Barcelos, all the way in Minho, not too far away from my hometown, my parents' hometown of Arcstoval Vierge. And what a tremendous story they have been so far. I mean, we're having our usual Porto Sporting are in the race. Benfica's creating a lot of news because of their struggles. Braga seems to have woken up. But every year there's always a smaller club that makes news. And this year, that club so far, uh, we thought maybe it was going to be Estoril, but so far it looks like it's going to be Sporting. And what a great season they're having in fifth place. A big win last week uh, going to the Luge. Um, They've got another big match uh, this weekend, but uh, they are great. And let me just also tell you something quickly about Gil Vicente. Um, Back in the 2005-06 season, some of you probably know this, um, they, uh, Casu Mateus, the Mateus affair, uh, if you say that in English, um, there was a situation where they used an ineligible player. They obviously felt that they didn't. Um, I think the player at the time had played for something like three clubs in one cal- in one FIFA year, which you're not allowed to do. They were punished. They didn't even play in the Taça de Portugal one year. This thing dragged for years. Um, they were eventually, um, you know, they basically didn't stay in the first division. They were went down to the second. Belenenses came up to replace them, and it just became this whole big thing. And then Back in around, I think it was 2018, the tribunal, after so many years, ruled that they uh, deserved to come back up to the first division. And at the time, they were playing in the third division. That's how much they dropped. And when you think about all the problems they had with that, that lasted for years and weighed on the club, um, they basically have managed to not only come back to the first division after being in the third division a few years ago, uh, but they've managed to really do very, very well with some really, very good uh, results. And uh, this is a club that, you know, just so much history. They play in a beautiful stadium that has about 12,500 seats. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, which is perfect, by the way, for a club of that size. But Gilles Vicente has just been a tremendous story this year. 
um, in Portugal, and uh, they don't seem to be uh, stopping anytime soon. So I felt I really needed to start this podcast to really give a shout-out to this little club. Um, we hope they keep everybody next year. We hope their manager stays, uh, you know, Ricardo Suarez. But we also know a lot of times with the Portuguese clubs that uh, if they do qualify for Europe, uh, they obviously know that's because they've got talent. Uh, I know Lino is going to be going this summer to Atletico Madrid, but they get to keep him until May, which is really going to go in a long way as they try to battle for fourth place for the Europa spot with Braga, not to mention as well as uh, trying to stay in fifth place for at least the Europa Conference playoffs. And by the way, the fact that I'm even saying that they're going to be looking to compete with Braga for fourth place in the Europa spot, I think says a lot for their uh, respect. And I also want to say very quickly, I said last week... And I said at the episode before that I didn't think I'd be surprised if Luis Diaz was be sold to Liverpool um, or anybody for that matter. I think last week we were talking about uh, Spurs. And I said that I didn't think it was going to happen, mostly because Porto was going to want to make a lot of money on him. And there were reports of 40, 40, $45 million. I saw so many people on social media, especially a lot of Porto fans that I know, that thought it was just silly. You know, why would they sell there? Which has really been one of the best players in the Liga, in my opinion, the MVP, um, for what, you know, for $40, 45000000 million. And a lot of people thought, I think the buyout was something like 80. Um, you know, you got to come close to that at least, you know, at least more up front and then get the rest on the bonuses. But it happened. They actually did sell them. And like I said, it means that there was financial issues going on behind the scene. And Sergio Conceição even said it as much. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the second half of the episode. I've even got Conceição's interview that I'll play for you for a few, for about 30 seconds when he says this. But I just thought that was very important uh, to say. But listen, let's get going. Like I do every week, kind of previewing uh, coming up uh, week 21, round 21, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And let me tell you, it starts off really good on Saturday with Meritimu and Estoril. Meritimu is going up. Estoril is going down. That's the way it's been for the last month. With the exception of losses at Porto and at Benfica, Meritimu has, and, and their manager, Vasco Siabra, since he came about, I guess, what has it been, maybe six, seven weeks ago, have just been fantastic and uh, that's the match that'll kick off uh, round 21 week 21 then you've got Passos de Ferreira playing Portimonense which lately has been slipping a little bit they've been slipping a little bit um, and then of course uh, we've got Guimarães Braga a battle uh, pretty much a big battle up north then on Sunday you've got Boa Vista Vizela Gil Vicente Santa Clara there's a very good match right there Santa Clara has improved Gil Vicente I already spoke to you about them and then we have Aroca will be hosting Porto. Again, you lost Sergio Oliveira. You lost Corona, although, although you did get some money for him. You didn't walk on a free. And then, of course, the big news with uh, Luis Diaz. Uh, a lot of young players for Porto still on this team that are hungry to play. Don't discount that. Just because they lost the players they did, which you know are obviously big, you know. Vitinha, Fabio Vieira, Diego Costa. I mean, Tereme is still a scorer. And, of course, they brought in, and I'll talk about the transfer window. I'm going to be grading it coming up toward uh, the end of this uh, episode. Um, you know, Galeno and bringing in Ruto Semedo to help fortify the back. Um, Porto is still a very, very good team, and, and they should take care of Aroca. And then, of course, you got Sporting, Familia Cone. Um, what's interesting about this is the last time these two teams played was a few months ago in the Tasa de Liga group stage. And at that time, <clears throat> if you remember... 
and I talked about this, I said that Familiar Kong had gone something like 18 months, two years, where they had nothing but positive results against sporting. And even Ruben Amarin, between Braga and sporting, didn't have very good results with Familiar Kong. But sporting broke it and beat them in the group stage, which helped them, of course, qualify for the final four. And uh, so that, at the time, the talk was, you know, could Sporting finally get some points out of Familia Kong? Well, they did beating them in the Tasa of the Liga. But uh, Sporting, Familia Kong will do battle. Familia Kong, as I'll talk about in a minute, had a really a great transfer window, in my opinion. One of the better teams in Portugal to do that. Can they reinforce themselves and try to get out of this hole where they basically find themselves now 16th place if the season were to end today? they would be doing the playoff with the third-place team in the uh, second uh, division. Uh, and then on Monday, you got Tundela, Benfica. Uh, Benfica, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That's about the best way that I'll put it. Um, they'll be, again, going out to Tundela. Tundela only in 13th place. But, uh, you know, the difference between 13th place and 16th place is only um, three points. Um, and actually, the difference between 13th and 17th place is only four points. So Tundela really, really need uh, some points. And then uh, week 21, round 21, we'll wrap it up in, with More Dance uh, taking on B-Sad. And then next week, it's going to be all about the big Porto Sporting. Um, if both Porto and Sporting this win, Sporting will be going up north looking to grab the three points and make up the deficit that they have with Porto. If you're Porto and you walk away with the draw or a win, you just further help your cause to, to try to continue to stay in first, to battle, to win the Liga this year, even though there's still a lot of matches to play. Um, there are a number of players from Porto this weekend. Uribe, I know, is one of them, that if they pick up a yellow against the Roca, they're going to probably... Well, they are. They will be suspended for this match against uh, Sporting. So you could have, I, I wonder, I think Porto might make some changes to the 11 only to protect a few of those players, at least the ones that are the you know regular uh, starters. But that's all what it's going to be about next week. And by the way, one of the annoying things, every time there's a Clásico or a big derby or you have you know two of the big three playing each other, is the media will always interview former players that play for you know these teams, in this case, Sporting and Porto. And they all ask them the same questions, and then they'll say, so who do you think is going to win? And the player, whether he's a former Porto player, whether he's a former Sporting player, will all say the same thing. Well, of course, I think my team is going to win. I think they have what it takes. They got the gara. And you're going to get those type of things, and yet somehow the press still writes about it, but you're going to get that type of stuff. But uh, again, it's on a Friday because we've got European action uh, the following week with uh, Sporting Man City, uh, Porto Lazio, and then you've got Braga Sharif, uh, Sheriff, and, Bra and Benfica, by the way, in case you're wondering, they only play the following week after, so they still have about you know, a little over two weeks before they worry about uh, their uh, Champions League, uh, you know, two-leg uh, match. But uh, so some really big matches uh, this weekend. Again, if you're asking me the highlight match of this weekend, I think I'm going to go with Gil Vicente, Santa Clara. Um, I just like the idea of fifth place versus tenth place. And, you know, Santa Clara, you know, I just think that, you know, mid-major club having a great, great season. By the way, they started so well in the Europa Conference League. Then they sold their best player or the best player left. Eventually their manager left, although I think at that time he was on shaky ground and he might have been uh, taken out anyway. But he, you know, goes, uh, you know, Ramos leaves. And for a while there they really struggled. And then 
They beat Porto in the Tasa de Liga. They had a change in manager. They came back, had some good results, but then there was another change in manager. And since then, they've been putting some decent results, although they didn't win their Tasa de Liga match. They are certainly in a better position now than when they were uh, about six, seven weeks ago when they were literally at the bottom in like 16th and 17th place. But they've improved a lot. And you've got two teams that are rising. And that's what I really like about uh, this match. So to me, Gil Vicente and Santa Clara, that's really your big match of the weekend. And of course, everyone's going to watch the big three play. And of course, you know, you've got Porto Sporting playing on Sunday. And of course, you've got Benfica playing on uh, Monday. Uh, second division report. Uh, we already had one match that took place, and it was really the best match of this uh, week of round 21, and that was Benfica B playing to a 1-1 home draw with Gazapia. They both have 40 points to lead uh, the second uh, division, but Riuav is going to be playing uh, on, um, well, basically they're going to be playing on Sunday against uh, Atle Schoenge, so a bit of a short trip for them, and if Riuav wins, there'll be a three-way tie for first place with uh, 40 points. And by the way, the second division this weekend is weird. So they got one match Friday, one match Saturday, two matches Sunday, two matches Monday, and uh, three matches on uh, Tuesday. So the schedule is uh, really uh, spread out. Um, I know the FC Porto uh, match on uh, Tuesday is going to be on uh, Porto Canal for those that are uh, you know interested. But uh, again, another big story, is I talked about it last week, Shavsh. They won. Uh, they've got. They were had two matches that they were behind everybody, and they won one of those matches this week. So, Shavs right now is in fifth place. They have played uh, essentially two less matches than Casapia and Benfica when I'm dropping this episode because obviously those teams already played tonight. So Shavs is right back in the hunt. A club that for a few years was in the uh, first division. That's where Ricardo Suarez, the current Gil Vicente manager, he was there for a little while. Cesar Peixoto, if I recall correctly, was also with uh, Chaves. He's now at Pasos de Ferreira. So it's a, a little club that has managed to have some pretty good players. Stefan Estacchio is another guy that played for Chaves, if I recall correctly. So Chaves making their way with 33 points. They've been a good story. Nacional... Long-time Division One club, but lately they've obviously been down in the second division. Uh, they are in sixth place with 32 uh, points. FC Porto B is in eighth place with uh, 28 points. They had a very disappointing draw the other day, 2-2 two to two after leading 2-0, uh, to zero, so very disappointing. But, uh, you know, as far as the rest of the weekend goes, you know, you've also got a very good match on Tuesday with Ferenc from uh, Feda taking on uh, Fudens from Algarve, so the Battle of the Fs. And, uh, of course, Fedans could also, if they were to win that match, they'll have 39 points. So the second division involves a lot more competition than we're seeing in the first division, but that's generally not really, you know, a very, very big uh, surprise. Let's go to the second, um, excuse me, my weekly picks. Last week I was 3-1. and one. Uh, I think I had something like, Seven out of eight weeks where I was correct twice and I was incorrect twice. There was one week where I think I was only right once and I lost three. I was in this ridiculous slump. And now I'm trying to do like this Sportivo du Chaves and I'm trying to come back up like Santa Clara is trying to do in the first division. And this past week, I was correct on three of my four picks. I was right about Porto beating Maritimo. I was right about Braga beating Moreirense. I was right about Shavs beating Fedens. That was a good match. 
And what I got wrong was I said that Benfica Sporting in the Tasa de Liga final would play to 1-1. They would go to penalty kicks and Benfica will win. And this is like the third or fourth time that I've picked Benfica and they've lost. So you'd think by now I would learn my lesson. But uh, Benfica is uh, disappointing in more ways uh, than one. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But this week, as far as, uh, you know, my picks for this week... Um, Going to go with uh, Sporting beating Familia Kong 2-0. So I've got Sporting. I've got Meritimu beating Estoril. Again, uh, the match to kick off uh, week 21. That's a very good match. But I really like Meritimu's. They just are on a lot of uh, – they've got a lot of momentum. They're playing very well. Some Vasco Siabra has turned a switch on there that they didn't have before, and it's working. And I just, you know, they've been doing well. They've even, I think, scored a lot of goals at home since he took over. So I'm really liking Meritimo to beat Estoril, but I'm only going to say 1-0. Um, second division, I'm going to go with Chaves again. I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to say that Chaves will beat Academico do Vizel. Chaves is the road team, and they're going to win a 2-1. And then I'm also going to pick, uh, I'm not going to pick any of the other big three. I'm going to pick Gil Vicente. I think they're going to continue their hot hand. Let me tell you, after what you did last week to come home and drop points would be very disappointing for Gil Vicente. But I'm predicting Gil Vicente uh, will beat Santa Clara, and I'm going to say uh, two to nil. Um, so those are my picks. Sporting, Maritimo, Academico de Vizel. Uh, excuse me, uh, Chaves will beat Academico de Vizel, and Gil Vicente will beat Santa Clara. <laughs> Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast, and I want to start off talking about the crisis at Benfica. I said it a few minutes ago that the more things change, the more they stay the same. How many times have we seen that in sports or in politics where new person comes in, makes changes, but we still have the same results? Sometimes it's even the worst results. And I will tell you right now, Benfica is playing worse right now than they did with AJ, because at least when AJ left, if I recall, I think when when he left, I think they were only behind by like maybe, what, the six points, I'm trying to remember. But now they're de behind by double that. They're now behind uh, Porto by 12 points, the Porto, the first uh, place team. And, um, you know, Porto, first off, didn't really do much in the transfer window. Um, you know, Getson goes to Turkey, but that was really no surprise. That had been kind of in the press for a very long time. Uh, we saw uh, 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 Ferro go to Hajduk Split in Croatia. Hajduk Split is a name that I've remembered for a long time, but certainly in the Croatian League, they are a very good team, and he's going to get a chance to play. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see. I think there was also a, at one time a story about Ferro getting interest from Russian clubs. I think that probably would have been a little bit better for him. But Benfica right now, it just seems like no matter what they do, things just don't get better. Rui Costa the other night, he basically comes out and, you know, another one of the press conferences where he doesn't take any questions and basically says, you know, he does not want anyone that works for Benfica on the squad or the staff to hide their heads that this is the time to show themselves and this is the time to be stronger. And, you know, he went to gone to complain about the referees. And if you've been a longtime listener of my podcast, you know that whenever things are not going well, people like to blame the referees. And I'm not here to say that the referee maybe didn't make a mistake in the last match. But it's just the type of uh, thing that you could predict in uh, Portuguese football, Portuguese soccer. And, and what's happening with Benfica is very simple. The moves that they made last summer and even the moves they made with, they, with uh, JJ after he came from Flamingo, a lot of those players, Darwin has panned out very well. But a lot of those players just haven't 
you know, it just just haven't uh, done great. Um, I haven't been a big fan of Otamendi either. Um, I don't know. I expected a little bit more. I mean, he's playing all right, but I just expected a little bit more. But Benfica is just basically right now, I mean, you know, they're going to battle for third place because at least gets you the playoffs. So you've got to do that all over again if that does, in fact, happen in August. But, you know, Benfica is just basically a team right now that is sort of like, you know, they're sort of out in the ocean and they're on a boat, but there's they don't have a paddle. They don't know which way they're going. And, you know, the, you've got players like uh, Svivlar. Uh, I know I didn't say that right. Uh, who had, by the way, a great um, uh, match today uh, against Gazepia in the second division. You know, he wanted to leave and JJ and, you know, had a situation with PZ and the players backed PZ instead of the uh, player, uh, instead of JJ. And where are the players right now? I mean, you know, you, you lost two games at Porto being eliminated in one competition and you lost at home. I mean, not to take credit from Gil Vicente, but... This is really, I think, a blame for everybody. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Verissimo as a manager the second time around. I think he did a great job with the second division, you know, Benfica B. But right now, nothing is working. And they're running out of time, at least for their Liga hopes. Um, maybe the good news is that if Benfica could somehow get past Ajax, maybe they take, you know, in terms of the teams that are going to field for the Champions League. Uh, maybe they're going to put some more focus into that because obviously, of course, that also means more money. But it's just a situation where, you know, it's just been very disappointing. And I, I, know, I know a lot of Benfica fans, you know, last week we had a lot of Porto fans upset about Diaz. And I knew just as many people that were upset, um, you know, about what's going on at Benfica. And the only fans that I think that were happy last week were Gil Vicente, Braga, and uh, Sporting for winning the Tasa of the Liga. But just a very, very big uh, disappointment right now with Benfica. And I just, you know... Uh, and by the way, another thing about Benfica is Darwin right now because Diaz went to Liverpool. So Darwin has 15 point, uh, fifteen goals. And then you look next. Fran of Gil Vicente, Horta of Braga, and Tereme of Porto each have 11. So right now, uh, Darwin has a four-goal lead by the virtue of the fact that he has 15 and they all have 11 each. Um, he's got this goal lead and goal-scoring lead, and that's probably the only good thing that maybe Benfica has going. The only problem is once you start getting to the spring, everyone's going to remember about that hat-trick he scored against B-Sod in that match that was reduced when I think you know B-Sod went down to six players and they finished the match. That's going to taint him and his goal-scoring title, at least with respect. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. So Benfica right now, Rui Costa could say whatever he wants, you know, no matter what history he has with Benfica, I've always said it about presidents. Nobody cares, you know, who you are after a few months if you're not winning. And right now, fans do not see supporters, do not see Rui Costa as the player from Fiorentina or the young player that played for Benfica before he went to Italy. They're seeing him as the president. And right now, the results aren't that much better than Luis Felipe Vieira, who, who um, you know, I, I know is a lot of Benfica fans don't like. But... The reality of the matter is you were a lot better of a team back in, uh, you know, October and September than you are now. And, and that's just the honest truth. So I've been complimentary when I've had to be. But I think right now I think Benfica deserves their harsh words. Uh, Porto, uh, I want you to listen to this. Uh, it's about a minute long. It was uh, said by Sergio Conceição in the press conference to the press. Um, and I want you to listen to this comment. And if you don't speak Portuguese, don't worry. I'll, I'll kind of give you a description afterwards. But check this out for a minute. Listen to this. 
That was Sergio Conceição at last week's press conference. Uh, very disappointed. Talked about how on the bench his options that day were very limited with only a few, uh, you know, defensive type players. And then he said at the very end, if you heard him at the very end, he pretty much summed it up. He said that financial interests were more important than football interest. And look, you can't be a club unless your finances are in order. That's just the honest truth. Uh, you can't play bankrupt. That's true. And not to say that Porto, they are by no means, they're not bankrupt. Uh, they're making good money in the, uh, they made good money in the Champions League. They made good money in the past in the Champions League, especially last year. But um, I said, and I'll repeat one more time, that if they sold Diaz, it had to be financial. That it really shows just how bad things are behind the scenes and the fact that they made this move and the manager, and let's be honest, he's not happy, is just incredible because usually Conceição doesn't break out of it. But I just thought that was a very big. But I also have to tell you, though, again, like I'm going to repeat, a lot of great young players on Porto that are hungry to play. A lot of people, look, losing Diaz, in my opinion, the MVP, like I said, is good. But I think there's a lot of very good players. And look, compared to Benfica right now, which is trying to figure things out, Porto has a bunch of young players that could figure it out. And that's the biggest difference between just, you know, regardless of the 12 points, that's the biggest difference is that Porto, you know, they did get Galeno from Braga. Not a bad move. I know he scored a lot of goals with the Europa League. But at the end of the day, is he going to replace Diaz? Probably not. But nevertheless, under the circumstances, even though I think at one point the press said that Conceição wasn't too interested in Galeno because, after all, he left them a few years ago. They sent them to Braga. You know, they sold them to Braga. Uh, I don't think they have much choice but to bring him back. And the reality is, is he's an option that can score. He's an option that can score. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think uh, Porto did well. And then Ruben Semedo, I know there's been a lot of controversy with Ruben Semedo in the past. Porto has seen uh, past that, uh, a lot of comments on uh, social media. But Porto, I think right now, in addition to the fact that I think they did a pretty good job bringing in Semedo and Galeno, um, although, again, I, I think we'll see if it's going to be a big mistake with Diaz. But they have a six-point cushion right now. They're six points ahead of Sporting. And if I was a Porto fan, and let's say I was, you know, tied right now, level with sporting, I would be more worried. So you kind of have a little bit of uh, breathing room if you make a mistake. There's still a lot of matches to play. But Conceição was very disappointed. Let me also say one other thing about Conceição. I said back in the summer when we were all waiting to see if Conceição was going to sign his renewal, and then all of a sudden on a Friday night, I remember I dropped my podcast, on a Friday, and then that night, uh, the announcement was made, um, and I, I said during that episode that, you know, Conceição has managed in Portugal a long time. He wants to make a run in the Champions League. He doesn't want to just go to the quarterfinals. He wants to not only win in Portugal, but win by 12 to 15 points like Josualdo Ferreira used to do for a few years. This is a manager that wants more, and right now, he's had a lot taken away from him, so... I got to tell you something else. I'm going to make another one of my predictions. Let's pay attention to Conceição this summer. You know, a lot of people respect him because he's had a lot of success in European competition against Italian teams. He played in Italy. Um, he went on vacation, I think, uh, recently during one of the international breaks to Italy. Keep an eye on that. Mark my words when I, this episode here, episode 104, 
that you got to wonder if, if, if things don't go right in the next few months, will Conceição decide to leave to go to maybe a, a club in Italy? So we have to see uh, what happens uh, with that. Uh, let's get going with the transfer window. That audio clip you heard was, of course, the very famous Fabrizio Romano, the man that no transfer is completed until he announces it. Um, he's got a Twitch stream on deadline day that you, if you haven't watched, you should watch the next time it comes around, um, which will, I guess, be uh, next, what, the end of next summer. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the king of this uh, type of uh, media. But, uh, you know, he, of course, talked about, uh, you know, Porto. I've already kind of said what I had to say about Porto. But let me grade, um, let me grade, uh, in my opinion, the Portuguese clubs. And I'm grading them on a scale of one to five. Uh, for me, Sporting of the big clubs had the best transfer, four out of five. Uh, I like Marcus Edwards, major talent. They're giving a lot for him. Um, you know, they sent Thiago Tomaj to, um, to Germany, and they brought in Slomani, Slomani and Paulinho. I think Slomani is going to force Paulinho to finally become the player he needs to be. If not, Slomani is going to be there. Can Slomani do with like a Jonas did with Benfica many years ago, where even though he's got a little bit ahead in the age, is he still going to come in in a league like Portugal and be able to score 15 goals, 10 goals? Can he do less? He's going to do less. Is he going to do more? Um, Giovanni Cavral went to Lazio. Apparently, Sadi didn't even know he was going to go there. There's a whole biggest big thing going on in Lazio with that, which, by the way, you want to see if you're a Portuguese fan, because, of course, Lazio later on this week is going to be playing uh, Porto. But uh, I would say I'm giving Sporting a 4 out of 5 only because um, they still managed to keep some of their best players like Paulinha, um, you know, Mateus Nunes, which I don't think those players were going anywhere uh, anyway. But uh, I think they did very well. Porto, I'm going to say 3 out of 5. Uh, Steven Estacchio is going to be a fantastic addition for them. Obviously, uh, you know about him, especially I know I got a big audience from Canada. And, and congratulations, by the way, to Canada, who continue to t take one step closer to go to the World Cup. Uh, about time, but really happy for you guys. Um, Puerto, of course, Ruben Semedo and Galeno, like I said. I'm going to say, you know, even though they lost Diaz, and by the way, Diaz is why, you know, I think to me, I don't give them, uh, you know, a higher grade, but I'm only going to say a three out of five. I, I just, you know, I think Galeno is good. Estacchio is good. Semedo's good. But to me, the one I'm more excited about is Steven Estacchio. Uh, Benfica, I'm going to say one out of five. Um, Rui Costa said he wanted to reduce. So did Verissimo, the squad. Um, unless they reduced the squad by sending everybody down to the second division. I don't think they obviously did that. You know, again, Jetson going, uh, well, he's going to go to Rizespor, and then next summer he'll go to Betsikas. Uh, Benfica did pocket, I think it was about $6 million. Uh, Fedo goes to Croatia. But, uh, you know, I, just, I don't know. Just there's nothing really to write home about. Svlivlar is still with the team. Blacho Dimos had a market. Um, you know, one out of five. I'm sorry. That's just that's just the way it goes this day. Braga, I'm going to say a three out of five. Um, they got uh, the guy Pizzuto from Lille, um, Bruno Viana. The only thing I don't like about what Braga did is Mario Gonzalez. Um, he was a great scorer for Tundela, and apparently they've kind of given up on him because he just, you know, he hasn't done what he was supposed to do, which, you know, when you're in the case like Braga, you buy that other great player that's in the smaller clubs, you bring him up to your team, he gets a chance to compete for, you know, top four, and, 
you know, all of a sudden now Mario Gonzalez has moved on, and I think he went back to his uh, native Spain on loan. So not really happy, but I think Braga did okay in the market. I mean, they didn't sell Ricardo, you know, they didn't sell Orta, so that's very good news. But I'm going to say three out of five. Estoril, I like what they did. Three out of five, they brought in Raul Silva. They got to really improve themselves. Um, again, I've said this I said, the last three episodes, ever since Bruno Pinedo was mixed up with rumors to go into one of the Turkish clubs. I think it was Betsikas. The club hasn't been the same. Could it be psychological? I don't know. Um, but I'm going to say three out of five for them. Other clubs that I think had a good market, Moritz bringing in the Belgium international Kevin Morellis. Um, it's only one player. Um, I don't know how much he's going to help them avoid relegation, but Sapinto believes he will. Perhaps a player like that with his stature in the clubhouse will make a difference. And we'll see. We'll see if he could contribute, if he could score some big goals. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Basuj de Ferreira bringing in Nico Gaetan. Nico Gaetan, some people think he's already long in the tooth that, um, you know, how much more can he give? But the only dangerous thing about this, the same thing with, you know, Kevin with Morenens, who I just spoke to, uh, who I just spoke about a few seconds ago, is, you know, Basuj, even though they're, you know, they're kind of having a, uh, they're kind of having a decent year. Basuj, you know, they're in 12th place. It's, you know, it's there kind of almost in the middle. But the reality of the matter is, is, uh, you know, this is a club that I think wants to do a little bit better. And, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's a nice player to have on your name. Some of the fans are going to always be asking for his autograph. But I don't know. I don't know about this one. Um, and then, of course, Familia Kong and Vizela also deserve my respect because I thought they had a very good market. Viz Familia Kong brought in like five or six players and uh, including Asusong, who came from uh, back from uh, Turkey. So I think they did pretty well. And, you know, the thing about the transfer market for a lot of these clubs is that basically they want to improve, and that is the clubs at the bottom are trying to improve themselves to avoid the drop. And the clubs at the top, uh, a lot of times they're trying to not to lose their best players because they're trying to make the, you know, the championship run down the rest of the season, which, you know, we'll see if that happens with uh, Porto. But uh, those are my comments on the uh, transfer uh, window. Uh, I think, uh, again, for me, biggest disappointment is uh, Benfica. I thought Sporting did well. I think Braga did okay. And, uh, and I think it was good, interesting to see in a league that prides itself on young players, you know, seeing a Gaetan come back and, and you know, people like that. So um, that was the transfer window. And it was very, very busy, um, you know, uh, toward the end of, uh, you know, very busy Monday. It was, it was very hectic, as uh, you would imagine. And uh, I watched uh, a lot of the at, uh, Twitch stream by Fabrizio Romano and... Uh, it's amazing. The guy sits on his couch. He's looking at his phone. Sometimes he'll walk away to do something on YouTube, and there's these two other guys that are talking. And uh, they were getting like 30,000 views. I mean, just incredible stuff. I mean, really, really incredible stuff. Congratulations to him on what this guy has uh, you know, managed to build. Um, Going to wrap it up talking last here about Atletico dos Arcos. Uh, I want to talk about them week to week in the hope that one day they may go as far as the second division. Uh, they are back in action this week. After not playing last week due to COVID issues, they are second place in the Viana do Castelo uh, promotion group. Uh, they have nine points, but they've played one less match than first place Valenciano with 12 points. They've played, like I said, uh, five matches. So Arcus, three points behind with one less match, does have an opportunity. And uh, Arcus this weekend will be playing a team, Vitorino de Piões. Um, they'll be playing that at home in the Cutada. And uh, so that's the uh, really, really big match for Atletico. Hopefully everybody is okay 
and that they go looking for the three points and uh, try to get up to that next uh, level. Folks, I'm going to wrap it up. Probably a little bit uh, short of an episode than usual. As always, uh, tw- uh, you could, of course, find this podcast on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, uh, TuneIn, uh, Podcast Breaker. I mean, it is on so many platforms. And I want to thank you for your follows. And again, I'm just going to be, I'm going to speak with my mind, not my heart. Um, and again, it's all about what we love the most, and that is Portuguese football. Folks, take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you next week. Next Friday, get excited. Sporting Porto in the Dragon.